Welcome to Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street, where each week we take a light-hearted look into the stories and individuals that make up the wonderful world of hospitality. Today's guest is Denise Flanders, General Manager of the legendary Hotel Bel Air in Los Angeles. Coming up on today's show... Denise brings up espionage. There's always this silent code within the hospitality industry. Phil talks about bridges. I certainly want to walk over this bridge now. And Denise makes her play for the most original line we've ever had on the show. Then she just said, stop cleaning. I want you to sit here and knit with me. All that and so much more as we chat through Denise's wonderful story and journey so far. My conversation with Denise is like an advertisement as to all the reasons you should join hospitality. And she talks so passionately about the industry from the outset. It's another fabulous story from someone who clearly has hospitality coursing through her veins. And being at the helm of one of the world's most famous hotels clearly suits her down to the ground. Thanks so much to Denise for giving up her time. Please don't forget to give us a like, subscribe and a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening. It really does make a huge difference. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the next episode of Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street. Now, when I set this humble little show up nearly two years ago, I wasn't sure who would listen and indeed where. But here we are now, as of today, it's listened to in 113 countries. It was 111 yesterday, so I don't know where the other two have come from today. No idea how they keep finding me, but for today's guest, in order to demonstrate the international flavour of hospitality and to keep our international listeners happy, and I'm sure the UK listeners will take benefit from this as well, we're crossing the seas, and specifically the Atlantic. And not only that, but we've gone to one of the world's most famous hotels, none other than the Hotel Bel Air, which is part of the Dorchester Collection, and we've only gone and booked the general manager of that said hotel, and that is the wonderful Denise Flanders. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Phil. It's great to be here and wonderful to be a guest of yours today. Thank you very much. Yeah, no, thanks so much for, for agreeing to do this. I had a big shout out to actually Jenny O'Perry, who's a friend of the show, been on before. Uh, he made the connection between you and I. And I'd had a, a dream in my mind to start uh, trying to, I suppose, track down some people from some of the world's most iconic hotels and, and start showing the world what wonderment is out there in the world of hospitality. How is life in Bel Air? Well, we are, um, you know, sunny California, blue skies, the sun is always shining. Um, and it's, it's just um, great. We never closed during the pandemic. So we always remained right. open, kept all of our employees on board. And, uh, you know, coming out of it has been, uh, there has been challenges. But overall, uh, what's really great to see is our local businesses definitely never faltered. When I say local, I mean the, the U.S. definitely came back with a very strong rebound. And our guests were great and happy to see that they had familiar faces here uh, when, when they returned, which gave everyone a, a, a wonderful feeling of, of feeling safe and protected and being familiar. Uh, coming back to familiarity was, was wonderful to see, too. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, well, and, um, you know, Bel Air in this part of the world is known for sunshine, but also the Fresh Prince. Of course, I have to get that in there. Yes. Which is, uh, uh, do you know what, I, I was writing this earlier on, I was thinking to myself, I'm not sure I can bring that up. I mean, that's the Fresh Prince of Bel Air is actually quite topical this week because of said actions in, uh, in a certain award ceremony. But um, in any case, we shouldn't remember it for that. 
No, we, um, I know there's a, a lot of news out there today on that. And I, I know some of it, but I haven't really dived, uh, dove into it. But really, you know, our hotel is situated um, in a residential community, and it's something that no one can really duplicate today. We're on 12 acres. We're surrounded by beautiful estates here as well, and it's duplicated. You drive up to Bel Air and you don't even know you're at a hotel. Um, there's right. no marquee, there's no porte cochere, no flags are flying, and you just step out of your car and um, you see this wonderful bridge and you know that you're leaving one world behind and about to enter another world where Fantastic. you can live your life beyond compare. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Sounds uh, idyllic. And um, I saw your face light up as you were describing that as well. That's, I mean, you've been at the property, as we'll find out, I'm sure, as we want, run through your your uh, history and story. You've been there for a few years now, but to see you still just light up when you're talking about that that kind of that sense of arrival, almost of you know, going over the bridge, and you clearly are where you're meant to be. Yes, I'm very fortunate and surrounded by a, a group of talented, talented team members that bring it to life every single day. And uh, you know, there are trials and tribulations for sure, but I think we we stay focused on who we are, our culture. And knowing that we're bringing and creating special memories uh, for our guests and for each other as employees of, of as a team in um, the sense of community and bringing generations together um, so that there are future generations that can enjoy the, the same benefits of what we bring to everyone today. Fantastic. Right. Well, Let's get to it. Let's um, go all the way back to the beginning, because I um, the one thing that I I didn't do this when I first started this podcast, but I didn't do a lot of research on people. But now I I like to do that. But actually, with you, it's kind of that moment for me whereby you go to an original movie or a musical or whatever, and you don't really know the story. I don't know your story, and I find that really exciting. So um, if you could take us all the way back to the beginning. How did you get into hospitality in the first place? Well, you know, I started off going, well, going to college, a local state college. I grew up in Western Pennsylvania, which is right outside of Pittsburgh. And um, I was studying sociology and psychology. And after four semesters, I wanted to just see what else was out there. Um, and, you know, I grew up with a family. We would just take road trips um, along the East Coast and um, stay at Howard Johnson's. And I always loved the brand Howard Johnson's back in the day because it was, again, uh, something that was familiar. You saw the orange roof, um, you know, coming up along the side of the, the highways and, you know, we had a great pool, great restaurants. And with that, I took time off to as I tell the team here to put my psychology and sociology uh, to play. And I, you know, was bartending, you know, in Ocean City, Maryland, along some coastal resort areas in Maryland and, and Delaware. And then um, I joined Hilton in the Midwest, but my true career came to fruition, I think, in New York when I joined the Helmsley Palace back in the mid 80s. I was there as a front office manager. Most of my exposure to hotels has been on the room side. 
Right. And from there, I joined Four Seasons at the Pierre Hotel, which was another, been very fortunate to work in very um, iconic hotels that mean a lot to the community, that have a lot of history to the community. And um, I was with Four Seasons for 23 years. Um, wow. Became a... Um... Nobody ever leaves Four Seasons. That's, uh, <laughs> it's the, um, as a recruiter, I know that for a fact because I rarely get any Four Seasons CVs. So they must be doing something right. That does. You know, it's a fabric of the foundation of, for me, for luxury and what that meant back in the 90s as the company was growing. You know, I joined the uh, Four Seasons when we had 17 hotels and I left when we had 90. And um, I was one of four female GMs at the time. Um, And I worked in Seattle, Atlanta, and Chicago. And when I was in Chicago, I received a phone call from Dorchester Collection. It was right when the Hotel Bel Air had just reopened um, as a legend reborn um, with a two-year renovation and restoration. And I uh, flew out. You know, Bel Air was, as you mentioned in the opening, has always been um, on my radar. I was, you know, I would visit. Uh, when I was in LA, it was unique within itself of, of what it offered to the community. And it was one of those places, similar to the pier when I was in New York, it was like one of those hotels, would I ever be able to work at that hotel? And um, I was fortunate enough to really have both dreams come true. And um, I've been with uh, the Dorchester Collection now for 10 years. Yeah, and that's that's to me, as I said earlier on, that it feels like you have found your home. You don't stay in the one place for 10 years if you're not happy. That would be my first observation, <laughs> generally speaking, uh, unless you're um, unless you, you like pain or uh, mm-hmm. suffering. But I think in your case, certainly the way that you talk about the, the property and but also just generally the, the your demeanor around it, it sounds to me like you like where could you go next to to make yeah. you that happy it's it's true you know and you know i i was again fortunate and especially you know again with dorchester collection to you know align my values with the core values of the company and so you never have to compromise um how you get work done and i think that the strength of dorchester collection even through our culture and coming out strong over the last two years is the strength of our, our, our core values. Um, and our, and that's all about the passion for what we do and being able to use our own personalities in how we work with one another, as well as creating the guest experience, uh, respecting each other and, and knowing that you can't get it done alone and, and working together and always looking at creative ways and uh, of, of getting work done as well to remain relevant and focusing not only on the guest experience, but the employee experience as well, which is, is key. Yeah. Absolutely. I did actually what you mentioned there around uh, evolution, because uh, I mean, the Dorchester collection is a powerful brand in the world of luxury, but I think it, you can, if you rest on your laurels too much in that space, you can get left behind very, very quickly. And it's something that I think the company does incredibly well across all of its properties is this evolution 
uh, because you, I mean, you said it yourself, a legendary born. Your your hotel. I, I mean, how long has it been officially operating? Seventy five years. Right. Uh, yeah. We just so celebrated it's... last year our seventy fifth year. And, so it's a, um, it's an old lady of the um, <laughs> of the Bel Air scene. It, it and part is. of the furniture. But in order to be to remain successful, is you can't take seventy five year old mentalities, can you? And um, uh, and move forward with it. You've got to continually be on the edge of of progression. You do. And, you know, yes, it's 75 years. We have one of the most beautiful uh, canvases to work from, to create from. But um, again, it's capturing that one moment in time that you have in front of the guests to to bring that alive, you know, of, of their personal experience. And, you know, people come here to create, to write, to write music, to write plays, to have business meetings to socialize, to have a once-in-a-lifetime event, whether it be a wedding or a, a birthday or uh, celebrating a birth of a, of, a, of a baby. But at the same time, it's how the team can adapt to what is happening in front of them. And, you know, the art of hospitality um, is something that if you love diversity, if you love something new every day, this is a, a great business to see it unfold and you being a part of that story that lasts for generations that people tell over and over again. Yeah. Wow. That that should be on a T-shirt right there, what you just said around um, <laughs> around that. It's uh, yeah, because I completely agree with you. I mean, that, you know, if, if you're looking for the same thing over and over again, this is definitely not the industry for you. But, you know, the it's such a, a as you say a diverse industry in terms of the things that you come up against the people you meet the you know the the challenges that you face the the fun that you have you know it is a no two days of the same type place no. to be no and you know today there are you know the, the challenges that are out there are like no other right we're we're working through the end of a pandemic social crises, the political, the geopolitical items that are going on. And, you know, uh, when people walk through, uh, as I said, when people walk over the bridge, it's up to us to look at how we can alleviate that. And, and we do it by just uh, building these really strong relationships um, with the guest, as well as with each other, because supporting each other through the, the great times, the not so great times, also forms these connections that that are part of our, our that's a lifetime memory yeah absolutely did you always know that you that you wanted to move into to luxury at some point in in your career or was that something that you were introduced to and you went oh hello this is this is for me <laughs> I think, um, well, you know, I, I started off with Howard Johnson's to the Helmsley Palace in New York, and that was yeah. a huge step. But yes, once I was introduced to it, and that was mainly my, that was my, my core experience in New York when I was visiting um, other hotels, it was part of the world coming to you and you being able to see it unfold, not only on the news and what was happening, but also, and now today on, on social media, but you can see it unfolding in front of you. And I think the, the approach of protecting that is key too. And there's always this silent code within the hospitality industry 
you know, like what stays in Vegas remains in Vegas, right? Yeah. And, and and that's a part of how we get work done here. It's it's not about, you know, it's protecting the people that are, are coming to you. And, you know, with luxury uh, at the Helmsley Palace, it was one of the first five diamond hotels in New York. And it, it was about the sleep experience. It was about large TV screens. And again, that was the mid eighties to bringing it forward to today. Um, you know, the experiences are even much more, and that's where I go with the personal connections. It's not only creating, you know, it's going from luxury to, to legendary. And that's what we strive for at Dorchester, not only here at Bel Air, but as a company with Dorchester collection. And we yeah. include that with our employees as well, because our legacy are the employees are around us and, and what they do every single day. Yeah. And there's another thing going on, Atish. I'm writing these down. Luxury to legendary. <clears throat> I like that a lot. And um, but, you know, I, I suppose at the end of the day, it, that's that's the evolutionary process as well is, is you're responsible for creating experiences for people but that's not just the people who are paying you the money to be there it's the people that you pay as well you know they've got to have a a great experience while they're they're under your guard definitely and you know i i think that how we listen you know the similar patterns of how we listen to our guests is how we listen to our employees and if you know they are more in contact with the guests than than I am as a, as a general manager day in and day out. We had a, a family staying with us last summer and it was their first time together because of uh, the pandemic. And the, the grandmother didn't really go out as much and she stayed in her room knitting and our housekeeper coincidentally also loved to knit. And so as she was cleaning the room, they started talking about their knitting habits. And um, as you do, yep. <laughs> yeah, of course. And then she just said, stop cleaning. I want you to sit here and knit with me. And t- to have the employee feel comfortable knowing that that's what the guest wanted at that moment in time was okay. So that if she didn't vacuum the room, if she didn't clean the bathroom thoroughly, but did it enough to the guest was satisfied with it, what that the grandmother wanted more than anything was companionship, sharing knitting stories, and having a wonderful conversation that lasted maybe 45 minutes, the time it took to clean the room. But she was happy with that. Her bed was made. And the housekeeper came back to, the room attendant came back to us and said, um, you know, I didn't clean the room, but I knitted with the guest. And we were like, did the guest ask you to knit? And she said, yes. And, you know. No, I just, I just did it because I fancied it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, it was, it's, it's those moments where the, the, the employees also, it's a sense of confidence uh, that they know that they're doing the right thing at that moment because they're in front of the guests and this, and they're reading the guests correctly. Yeah, and you have to have the, I suppose, the confidence and trust in your people to allow them to be themselves in that moment, right? Rather than following a manual or following a, you know, the best thing for that whole thing there was that's enhanced your guests' experience, mm-hmm. and that's a memory that they will cherish and share with them rather than you know the fact that the bed was made perfectly which i'm sure it still was but the um you know that maybe that 
intricate attention to detail that's normally there wasn't there this time. But as you say, the guest didn't really care about that. They just wanted to to talk knit. For sure. And, you know, purpose, the, the sense of purpose that they feel that they belong to the success of this hotel by each experience that they create. And it's the journey of where we are today and and who we are to what we will be in the future. And, you know, always connecting that together with yeah. those stories and experiences. Absolutely. I feel like we might have to move on from knitting because I don't really have much to add other than I think it was knit one pearl one. <laughs> I think I remember that from from my primary school days, but there we are. It's been a long time for me too, Phil. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, okay, well, I, I did have another question for you there that's just completely gone out of my head. But um, anyway, we'll, co- we'll come back to that. that that's, the, um, that's kind of my brain, really, to be honest. So you've been there now for over 10 years, did you say, I think yes. it was? Yes. Yeah, so I think the one thing that I've picked up so far from the the property is is that generally speaking if and you can correct me if I'm completely off the mark here but it's you said it kind of merges in with the local community in terms of its design and its architecture so it's not a hotel that you can emulate or is emulated anywhere else I can't think of anywhere else uh, in the world that has that kind of approach therefore it sounds like discretion is massively important it's a place where people can come and and be off the radar uh, I suppose because it's it's not an in-your-face hotel yes and it's a uh, the community really feels that the the Bel Air is their their backyard the Bel Air estate area was actually conceived by a, a gentleman named Alfonso Bell back in the 1920s an, an oil tycoon who wanted to create a resident, an exclusive residential neighborhood. And he did very successfully. Every home that was built back then was sitting on a hillside that had un, unobstructed views. And he coined a phrase of people that you would like to know and have as your neighbors is what he wanted in the community. So he conceived the Bel Air Country Club, which is still in existence today, the Bel Air Bay Club, which is off the Pacific Ocean on Pacific Coast Highway, which is still uh, existence today, and the hotel was sitting on a stables, um, right, and and housed right. uh, st- uh, horses and so on during uh, that time period. And then in 1946, another uh, visionary, Joseph Drone, envisioned a a place for people to come and and um, feel relaxed and be on their own and create. And he that his name was Joseph Drone, and. Uh, that was the beginning of Bel Air. He created and envisioned all of the gardens, our Swan Lake that house our, our swans, and uh, brought in uh, a, a landscape that is second to none, really, today. So when we renovated back in 2009 and 10, the infrastructure remained the same. But what we did is protected the heritage of the hotel, refurbished it, but the grounds and the actual structures, um, some of which were built in the 1920s to the 1980s, still remained the, the same footprint. Right. And that was out of respect for the community as well, because they look at, you know, coming over the bridge and, and being able to sit on the lawn, being able to to eat in the restaurant, to enjoy neighbors and gather as a community. 
not only from Bel Air, but um, when I say community now, it's basically worldwide is what it's grown to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really cool. I mean, it's probably sits on a lot of people's lists as, you know, to a hotel that they would want to visit in their lifetime at some point. And I certainly want to walk over this bridge now uh, that you've mentioned (laughs) on a couple of occasions because I, I do it. I'm, I have a picture in my head now that I will okay. not rest until I am walking over that bridge to see it for myself. We'll have to get you over here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Consider that done at some point for sure. Well, we can travel again now, so um, let's see what happens. But um, yeah, so that's kind. Of, that's the past. We will come back to the past actually because I'm going to ask you about stories, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, the ones that you can share. But what's what does the future hold for for the property now? What's what are you in the midst of looking to try and achieve for the for the next phase? We are focusing as we did through. We never really stopped through the pandemic, as I said. You know, we retained all of our employees. Nobody was was furloughed, and the company itself also um, looked again of balancing that employee experience to the guest experience. And really looking at, you know, taking it um, and understanding what that guest experience is directly from the guest. So all of our feedback, and we use a company by the name of Medallia, which we take very closely where guests after their stay really tell us it's, it's, as we said earlier, it's about, we know that we can make a perfect bed, but were we able to connect with you? Were we able to understand what you were here for and deliver on our promises. So I, you know, moving forward and and the differentiator that sets us apart from other companies right now or the um, hotel companies is definitely cutting edge of how we're looking at the guest experience and getting as much knowledge, not only to the reservationists that are booking the reservations, but also to that housekeeper, to the server and, you know, to the spa attendant of knowing the guest before having enough information on the guest so they feel comfortable having a conversation with the guest and connecting with the guest and building those relationships because we pride ourselves and and that our what sets us apart is not only our graciousness on how we deliver the service it's building the relationships it's valuing that certain way of life while they're with our hotels and giving the employee confidence because the more knowledge they have, not only understanding how to set up a table, how to clean a room, how to answer a phone, it is about um, knowledge, knowledge about the hotel and knowledge about the guest. So, you know, we're, we're moving forward in, in understanding that excellence part so that as a team, not only collectively here at Bel Air, but, you know, all nine of our hotels. Yeah, it's such a, a, a massive thing now as well. Actually, what you mentioned there around building relationships, it's you can teach people, of course, all of the skills under the sun as long as they want to be taught, but it's actually the the relationship that will make people believe that they belong. Mm-hmm. And uh, if they feel connected to the people around them beyond the bones of their, their job, in inverted commas, of course, they're going to always go the extra mile and they're always going to go the extra mile, not just for the guests, but for each other. And that's when sparks fly. And that's when the beauty of of having a, a really engaged culture comes to life. And, and it seems to be something 
the more people that I speak to within your your organization, that's really, really front and center. And that, you know, I, I, I'm a massive fan of Genio anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I would imagine he's, he's got one or two things to say on the subject. <laughs> <laughs> he, he does. He, he helps um, keep us all, he keeps us all in line basically too. But you don't really have to. I think, you know, I think the companies that, that remain strong during COVID and coming out of COVID were ones that were stay true to their values, right? Yeah. And really walk the talk. And, you know, now we are uh, recruiting new employees. And, but the gap of, because we retained our um, employees during COVID, they are here to help us as well to train the new team members that are coming on board in understanding our culture and understanding how we get work done um, and what it means to be legendary and, and, and form those connections and relationships. And so, you know, it's, it's certainly not smooth. You know, we, we definitely have bumps in the road, but we look to our strengths to ensure that uh, and use those strengths to ensure that, you know, to get us through those moments and, and be very open and upfront with our with our customers as well, our guests. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think in, it doesn't matter how successful or unsuccessful a business is and where it's going, there are going to be bumps, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you have to embrace the bumps along the way in order to make for, progress. For sure, for sure. Um, and you know, if it's it's really relaying that message of a, of a, of a confident future. So to to your point and your question and what the future lies, it's you know that sense of confidence that we can still evolve and and find create new ways for guests to enjoy our hotel and still remain relevant. But the relevance is definitely connecting with that guest experience. And it's, it's not about creating an elaborate, although we do that too, you know, arrival um, and having a, lots of amenities in the room. It's that personal touch of, of really touching that moment of why they're there, touching to the heart of that and, and capturing their hearts. Yeah. And, and that, well, that lives long in the memory, doesn't it? And, uh, yes. and people are likely to want to come back if they've uh, been made to feel very special. We have a, a, a thing in the UK here, around, we have a battle actually with uh, with our government in the sense that the, uh, they don't seem to take hospitality particularly seriously, forever using phrases like low-skilled. But I've, I will always shout about this till the cows come home, that the, the ability to make somebody feel special is the greatest skill that exists on the planet Earth. Oh, for sure. And, you know, that, that art of graciousness. And I think the hospitality is always the first industry, is always the first industry to get hit in the downturn, right? When people start pulling back. Um, yeah. And yes, it might be a little bit, it is different for, for what we term luxury. But, you know, going out to restaurants and so on, and it's a people's lifestyle. But I have seen, you know, first generation of of immigrants coming in and being able proudly to show me, you know, the graduation of their, uh, their sons and daughters or granddaughters and grandsons from college for the first time. Yeah. And, you know, they were able to do that based on the 
you know, their, their dedication to uh, their career in the hospitality industry and the variety that's out there too. You know, it's, it's like operating a city. We have a finance department, we have a security department, engineering, you know, we work with a local organization called LA Promise Fund. And uh, we had an intern come in, a high school senior come in and work in engineering for three weeks. And, you know, he shared a video with us afterwards of his experience. And it opened his eyes up to like the, the sea of opportunities that are there. And, you know, it's great that we can have a conversation today um, about that so that uh, yeah. anybody out there listening, you know, can really explore that. And it's in every city and every community. There is a restaurant, there are hotels and it's, it's uh it's out there and available and absolutely the quality of life is 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 good too yeah and you that that's you're absolutely right that's something that doesn't get spoken about particularly often it's always the 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 businesses where the hours are long and all of these sorts of things that get the headlines all of the time but balance is available out there within the the industry for sure yeah, and I think as as hospitality, you know, I, yes, there are positions that you can work from home. The majority of the positions you cannot, but it's looking at okay, what can we do different differently and add to the environment uh, while someone is working here? Um, is it a little wellness corner where someone can go on their break and and um, release stress, or just have a quiet moment? or have a quiet area to call someone, you know, while they're at work or check on their children. And it's also understanding, you know, what speaking of children, single mothers looking at, you know, childcare and uh, it's up to us to understand it and then see how we can work through it. And it goes back to our culture and the foundation yeah. of, of how we work together. Yeah. And the evolution. Uh, mm -hmm. of of everything uh, as well and it's it amazes me that in I hate to use the phrase in this day and age but because uh, that's me sounding like my parents again that we are still having to talk about things like that that they're not just in the natural psyche of things that they're not just naturally dealt with from business to business that we still have to be you, you know if you're coming up with a solution f to to make uh, single mothers lives easier then this is, you know, a, an amazing thing rather than the normal thing. Yes. I, and again, I'm fortunate to work with um, uh, the company that I am, am with right now. And, you know, it, um, but hopefully too, people, you know, everyone does market surveys, right? And they see what other companies are doing. Yeah. And yes, you know, and we as a hospitality industry need to look outside the industry to see what other industries are doing. Absolutely. For their people as well to remain relevant and introduce maybe not the exact thing, but a, a slightly different way of achieving the same objective. And the employees value that. They see that you're listening or they know that you're listening and they see that you're, you're trying to understand it. And again, just like from our guest, getting the employee feedback through meetings through one-on-one -on -one conversations they come up with the best ideas yeah and you know having and then as a leader um, it's up to us to put that vision together and see how we can execute it yeah i mean the the industry has the opportunity to be the most inclusive industry under the sun 
you know, it, 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 to your point earlier on around the the diversity of opportunity. Basically, you can, as you say, you're it's like you're running a city. You've got so many different departments. It's not all just the obvious ones. There are so so many things going on behind the scenes, um, and there's no barrier to entry for a lot of people as well. You know, you, you yes, there are nice to haves, but if you are literally coming out of school and you don't know what you want to do go and work in some hospitality businesses because you'll learn so many different things that whether you use them in hospitality or not, they'll help you Mm -hmm. um, move forward. Yeah. And and again, you know, some people are are in it for five years, some are in it for two years, but it's a transition for them, but you're, you have a valid point. They take the lessons learned from this and, and, and use it moving forward. But then the majority of the of the people are still here with us and the longevity of, you know, 10 year employees and 30 year employees at some of our other um, hotels is, is quite amazing. And, you know, I always like to concentrate on the pot. I understand when things go wrong, but I always like to stay focused on the on the positive on, on what we are doing. Absolutely. Things always do get better, and I always believe the best is yet to come. Yeah, and you know that there's there's psychology behind this. I'm absolutely sure. Um, you know that you think about these moments whereby you wake up with dread about something that's that's happening later that day that's going to take you outside your comfort zone or whatever it is, and the dread that you have is purely for that one moment in time, and it's mm-hmm. the same with any kind of adversity that that comes up in your life yes there are days where it becomes troublesome but um you know th- there's always an end to any adversity true and and your i'm surrounded by experts in every level of employment here and um i rely on experts it's not you know my decision alone and and that also creates that sense of of community and creating opportunities of, of learning different things, of shadowing in different departments to see if that is something that you would like to do. And, you know, having very honest conversations on what are the strengths of our team and what is lacking and how, how will that strengthen the team by adding another team member or another uh, personality with, you know, with different strengths. And it's a balancing act every day. And it's a constant conversation. It's something that you don't have once a year. You can have it every day if needed. Yeah. Yeah. To create that thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as soon as you take out one piece of the, the, or one cog from the machine, the machine has changed, isn't it? So you, you you have to figure out what cog you need to replace and i really apologize for referring to human beings as cogs but anyway (laughs) there we are great stuff well you're um as we've learned you've been in the industry for one or two years now uh you must have some stories from within your time i mean the knitting story was good i'm not gonna lie that was a that was a good one but are there any funny stories that you can share with us um I don't, well, funny. Um, We have fun every day. Um, I think, you know, watching things unfold is is part of the joy. And I I can't give out any names, but 
to see legends in the Hollywood industry meet each other for the first time in our restaurant is pretty extraordinary. Yeah. And one of them being right. And one of them being shy to introduce one to the other. And you see that unfold. And, you know, as you're watching it unfold, I'm also watching the employees and it's wonderful how you can be so present yet invisible to allow a connection like that to happen to have a 50th wedding anniversary on our front lawn and having a Neil Diamond cover band playing music all night long and a young family coming over, uh, walking over the bridge and, and hearing the music and drawing them into the space of the open front lawn and peeking behind the the hedging that is temporarily put up and you see their faces light up. And then the host of the party invites the little girls who are under 10 onto the dance floor. And again, watching how our employees are instructing the photographer to take pictures. And later we created an album of, you know, these little girls dancing with a stranger and the, the, the 50th anniversary host, um, laughing and enjoying it with them. And it's the connection of generations there and strangers at the same time. Yeah. And then the father grabbing the little girl's hand and saying, isn't this the best night ever? <laughs> so, you know, it's it's moments like that, I think, that we're just so privileged to to be a part of. Yeah, and I'll take kindness stories as well for sure. The um, I mean, kindness breeds kindness, doesn't it? And that that story actually is a great case in point there. Around you guys are delivering a, a wonderful hospitality package to to somebody who's experiencing a, a a landmark event in their life, and there you've put them into such a wonderful frame of mind that that kindness emanates outwards to the next interaction whatever that may be and in this case it was a a, a, you know father daughter uh, who were peeking in that they could have quite easily have said get out of here this is you know this is not your place this is ours or whatever but no they wanted to welcome them in so yeah Yeah. I'm going to start writing kindness stories down as well actually (laughs) and there's um you know we we see um you know uh, public business transactions uh, deals being made in front of us and seeing it in the headlines later. Um, we see books being published that we know that were written here. There's just, you know, it's just such a vibrant community in, in that sense. And and we're here to protect it. And, and I, I think I said it several times, it's the employees knowing, to your point, our employees could have stopped the father and daughter saying that it's a private party, you cannot enter. But allowing them just to peak and then everybody making those connections it just all went into into sync and understanding that this is this is how we live bel air <laughs> that's yeah. the simplest way i can put it <laughs> yeah absolutely. working it and living it for sure so from your your career so far what would you say have been your your biggest lessons to date that's a deep question i i, I appreciate that yeah um being authentic, always remaining true to who you are. And you, um, as an individual, I have been exposed to so many things, but I always stood in confidence of understanding. And it was my own journey of personally, you know, especially in leadership of understanding 
who I was and not trying to be anything more or, or less of that. And I think, you know, um, especially with what we've experienced over the last two years is truly patience and, and listening to people differently to truly understand where they are at, understanding their journey and how do you put that together for a guest experience, putting all of that together for a guest experience or an employee experience and um, always having fun. You know, it's um, it's life. That doesn't get talked about enough. No, life is too short and Yes, you want to remote, and I guess you know um, Sunday night at the Oscars was was um, a, a lesson and a, an understanding of patience and just understanding. You know, people. Yes, people are more on edge, but people are also ready for generosity and kindness as well, and yeah. wanting to have fun and wanting to feel that okay, we're here to take care of you and. In this industry, yes, it does take a, a certain personality to understand that graciousness and the the, the service of, of the care of service, that, that art of care and the art of hospitality. And it is a true art and it changes every day. And, and that, to me, that gets my adrenaline going. And if it does for you versus sitting at home, working on your computer, that's great too. But um you can truly live a, a, a great life in this industry Absolutely. and witness I mean, a great life. Yeah. And, and even just what you've spoken about there in terms of the, the stuff that must happy in your, happen in your lobby and in your food and beverage outlets and, uh, and it, all across your, your hotel about the, the things that have been written, the things, the deals that have been done, all of the things that happen behind closed doors that are just amazing and groundbreaking and life-changing and, you know, world shaking um and i mean that hopefully in a positive way you know it, it's all of this stuff happens in front of your eyes and you you get your know, front row seat to it i know i know and um and the employees here know that as well and you know that that code of confidentiality and seeing it unfold um is is part of what makes them really proud to be here as well because we yeah. respect that with each other as well as with our guests. Yeah. Imagine waking up every day and not knowing what was going to happen. I know. How exciting <laughs> is that? I think you've got to be okay with surprises, though. That's the, um, that's it's the, filled that's with the surprises. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Great stuff. I was going to ask you um, what your, your top three reasons for someone to join hospitality are, but I think you've kind of covered that across the conversation you've I think there's probably wasn't three there there was probably a great deal many more yeah definitely the the diversity right of of the world coming to you and all the different cultures and understanding firsthand culturally where people are are, how they grew up where they came from the variety of opportunities um, and exposure to the world right and and fun yeah Fun, just having fun. fun, fun, fun was the 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 primary reason why I started this in the first place. Because I see I'm a, a recruiter and I um, recruit for the industry, and I obviously get to talk to a lot of people anyway in my mm-hmm. uh, job. And I see a lot, a lot of good stuff all of the time. And the one thing that never gets talked about is the fun. And so that's why I, I wanted to 
not, I suppose, produce a podcast that's all about serious conversation, although I'm always very happy to go there. But let's talk about the fun because it's it's everywhere and you don't even have to look that hard for it. And yes, there will be days where you'll wish you hadn't gotten out of bed, but newsflash, that happens in every single job that you that you can ever imagine. But this industry is riddled with fun. It is. And, you know, the execution of, of creating um, a dinner for 200 people, getting the timing out on time, um, but you're standing right next to another coworker and everybody's focused on it. And it's, it's uplifting because you know you are a part of creating a dream. And yeah. um, it, it happens in the front of the house, in the heart of the house. And, you know, you, you laugh together and it's, um, it's that sharing of that emotion and that moment in time that builds, you know, um, the, the threads of, um, of, of, of a team. Yeah. And there's even fun in disaster. True. And um, it might not feel like it at the time, but uh, how, how many disasters have we all been through that we look back on and go, oh, do you remember that time when, you know, <laughs> I dropped those 30 glasses of champagne or whatever? Um, yeah. It's, uh, I know. The fun is there. You just need to, well, you don't even have to look that hard for it, but um, but go and find it if you're not finding it already. Yeah, and it's, it's a key message to show the team mistakes. We have all made mistakes and we will continue to make mistakes, but it's our recovery and how do we recover together? Uh, because the, again, they know it's that confidence level that, that I know that they will go out and do it again yeah. um, and they'll do it the right way. Yeah. Absolutely. Excellent. Well, if people would like to reach out to you to learn more about uh, Bel Air, the hotel, you, your career, what would be the best method for them to do that? Uh, probably via email. It's denise.flanders at dorchestercollection.com. Wonderful. Easy as that. Yes. Fantastic. Well, Denise, thank you so much for sharing your story with us on the the podcast today. It's been a real privilege for me to have a chat to you. I I, uh, I really need to do more of this. More international chats needed. Well, you know, I also want to say thank you to you and your passion in opening up the doors and windows to hospitality and giving us a chance to talk about personal experiences, what Yes, what everyone in the world and in this industry has gone through, our journeys, um, because, again, there's more uh, positive stories out there to be shared, and you're giving us that, that avenue and venue to do so. So thank you for that from all of our hearts here at Bel Air. Thank you very much. That's, that means a lot to me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, thank Denise. You. I wish Good you all the best you. for the year ahead and beyond. You too, Phil. Wonderful. I'll see you in Bel Air soon. Um, over the Hopefully. bridge. Over okay, the bridge. Over the bridge. <laughs> For sure. Absolutely. Thanks, Denise. Thank, thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. And there we have it. Another wonderful human from within the world of hospitality demonstrating that when you find your home, amazing things can happen. Thanks so much, Denise. We will, of course, be back next Wednesday with another cracking story from hospitality. So until then, thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next week.